Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is Mr. Cade Carter. Cade is a husband. Cade is a father. Cade is a friend. Cade, how are you doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude, I really appreciate it. So uh, we've been talking about this for a little bit now, and we were finally able to make it happen. Um, I think you've got a lot of value to our listeners, so I'm super excited to have you on, man. Um, What is your purpose, Cade? So I've listened to a couple of your episodes, and I would say my purpose really kind of reflects yours with a bit of a twist. So I want to be the best husband, best father, best son, um, best employee that I can be. Um, But... I think because of the way that I believe that that is shaped by the fact that I want to bring glory to God in everything that I do. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really uh, similar to uh, John Larson's. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to John's, <laughs> no, but no, I didn't. Um, that may that may interest you. Go listen to John Larson's. Okay. okay. I think there's going to be some uh, overlap between right. between you and John, which is what we like to hear. Um, we like to hear good men rocking it and you know, the more the merrier. So right. uh, John's was, uh, I think Christ follower, husband, and then, uh, father, but, uh, doing it through the purpose of Christ. Tell me why Let, let's just go ahead and jump in and we'll get through this and then we'll do some rapid fire. The people demand the rapid fire, but we're already here. So, uh, tell me, tell me why, um, you feel like you need to exercise that purpose through Christ. What is the purpose of that? Okay. So this is going to be kind of a cop-out answer, but it's actually because this is a commandment. Not okay. by the Lord or by Jesus himself, but by Paul in First Corinthians. He says, so whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Okay. Um, so that's, that's really kind of the answer. But at the same time, I believe that the best me is the person that brings glory to God in everything that I do. That makes sense. And this is just me brainstorming. Does it, does it kind of force a sense of accountability? Could you, could you say that that's... Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, that, that makes sense to me. Right. Um, so, like, you you can't be a terrible husband that cheats on his wife all the time yeah. and also bring glory to God. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or a father that's feeding his children either. So, yeah, yeah no, it, it definitely does. And it, it brings accountability from outside of yourself, which when you try to find accountability within yourself is where you get into trouble. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I like that. Um, I like that a lot. So let's go ahead and get into the rapid fire questions. Um, what is your favorite book and why? Ooh, uh, probably Lord of the Rings as random as that is. Really? Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really, Tolkien, man, he was so creative Yeah, and it was so impressive what he did bringing that universe together. Yeah. I, I'd like to read them. Um, we're going on a, I, it is not that they're not valuable, they're just, the horse is beaten beyond death as far as right. reviews and stuff for them. And so I wanted to do them for the podcast, but, um, well, and the thing is like, and they're obviously not as good, but if you've watched the movies, they're going to yeah. ruin a lot of the book for you. So yeah. I read the books. I read the books before the movies came out. Yeah. Um, and I think that made all the difference really, because then you're not getting a spoiler on any part of the book and it just, your imagination is able to run wild with the text. Yeah, I think so. Um, my actually, I actually have a coworker who she is really, really into the Lord of the Rings and she actually got me to sit down and watch the movies. Um, she, 
thinks that it's the best book and the best movie ever. And it, it was it was a really good set of movies. Um, I, I really, really. That. Yeah. Uh, who is your favorite in the movies specifically? Uh, who's your favorite character in the movies? Man, it's probably a toss up between Aragon and Gandalf. Okay. Um, and if you put a gun to my head, it's going to be Aragon. And is that the, uh, how do I, I, I'm trying to think. It's the son of the bad king that was Boromir's brother. Is that correct? No, no, no. Aragorn is the the main king. Oh, oh, right. the oh, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy that doesn't yeah. want to be king. Okay, but ends up being king. Okay, no, that that makes sense. Um, she likes. I don't remember his name, but it was Faramir. Yeah, Faramir um, is the the brother of Boromir. Yeah, um, that's that's. I think that's her favorite character. I didn't intend um, to sound this nerdy when I decided to come on here. <laughs> oh, hey, look, dude. I I think, and and here's the deal. I think the difference is. Um, you can understand the lore, but when you understand what those, what it really right, means, right. um, which is why in the book club, I'm going to dive into fiction and I'm going to do Westerns first just cause I think they're cool as shit. Right. Um, but we're going to dive into blood Meridian. Uh, surely you've heard of Lonesome Dove. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. we're going to be reading Lonesome Dove for, uh, I think May, um, as part of, uh, as part of the purpose book club. I like and it. I think it's super okay to be nerdy about that stuff. If you, I mean, it's super okay to be nerdy about that stuff anyway, like. Do what you do. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. But it's definitely okay if you can pull from that uh, values and um, lessons. You know what I mean? Right. And no, that and that's the really cool thing about Tolkien. Like, he and C.S. Lewis both mm-hmm. were almost philosophers at the same time as being fantasy authors. And everything that they built was shaped by their religious views. C.S. Lewis. Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Because I knew Chronicles of Narnia was... Very religion based. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. I, Lewis was more so than Tolkien. Yeah. Or at least, I, I mean, I I don't know them, so I can't say yeah. that. But his writing was more so yeah. than Tolkien's was. Um, my my coworker, she she said that Tolkien really wasn't wasn't intended to be like she she's super super like six foot deep into the lore. Um, right. And so apparently he wasn't as it wasn't meant like C.S. Lewis meant it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it right. pulled from those values. But there wasn't the equivalencies that C.S. Lewis made to include is what at least what she told me. It's probably um, it's probably not as direct of a line. Yeah. So in C.S. Lewis's books, Aslan is very clearly a Christian right. Judeo God. Um, and there's not exactly that creator in the Lord of the Rings. It's just kind of randomly hinted at here and there. Yeah. But there are still huge parallels without a doubt. And yeah. he, I mean, I, I believe he did intend it that way, just not as a direct one-to-one. Yeah. Well, and, and her point is that um, everything, whether it's intended to or not, everything worth watching is. Right. No, like, you, you know, like right. that, that's kind of her point is that um, who cares if Tolkien did or didn't. Because anything worth watching and worth your time is pulled from from those values. Um, I think that's I think that's a very fair point. Yeah, I'll couch that by saying that's also shaped a lot by my own worldview. Yeah, um, but there's something about humanity that is drawn to the struggle of good and evil, right? No right. matter what you're talking about, and the struggle of good and evil is really couched on the fact that there is an absolute truth that said there is good and evil, and that really comes from the Christian Judeo God. Yeah. So these have not been very rapid, but we're going to, we're going to dive back into that. <laughs> right. um, what is your favorite day of the week? Ooh. Every day that's not leg day. It's not leg day. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. That makes sense. So um, what days are those? 
Uh, every day that's not Wednesday. So I'm going to say probably Thursday because then you know you're past the halfway point of the week. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm almost to the weekend now. Yeah. I think I used to like Thursdays because I was at Pantex. And uh, it's actually decreed by law um, that if you're a federal employee, then you don't do fuck all on Friday. So um, <laughs> I always yeah. I always liked Thursday because it was the halfway point in the week. And I knew like there was no reason to be excited on Friday because I wasn't going to do fuck all yeah, anyway. So I like, do anything. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty much a Saturday. So Thursday was the highest point of excitement. But uh, no, now that um, my life is structured a little bit differently, I like Fridays because typically uh, I just started phase three. So I'm super busy um today but typically i would go to lunch with dln and uh you know do stuff around the house go shopping with her or whatever um i just (laughs) instead of going to lunch with my wife and enjoying my friday i just went to a workout and threw up in the parking lot so (laughs) that was really awesome but uh friday i think is still my favorite day because we're getting after it on fridays it's it's my time to do what i want friday's a good answer dude uh, every day except for monday can be argued for to be honest really you don't like mondays no i'm not a monday guy that's that's what no. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Mondays either. Um, it's always like Mondays are when, and you know this because of work. And now I'm the one making them not rapid questions, but uh, rapid fire questions. But you know Mondays because of of the, your line of work is when the fires start. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. It's it's fire alarms, eight a.m. Monday meeting. Everybody is you know shitting bricks, and then. Uh, by Monday at three o'clock, we all forget about it. <laughs> no, um, that's exactly right. And then on Wednesday, it comes back up. And then by Thursday, we forget about it again. Yep. And um, then you're good to go for like three days and then it all starts right back over. Yeah. yeah that's um, life. Yeah. And so uh, Monday is argued for quite often by the worst day. And then I've got a buddy, uh, his name's Brett Hart, who he just leans into. He's like, Mondays. He's like, I don't know, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so that one's really funny. But uh, so let's go. What is your favorite? I know you lift. Um, you look right. like you lift. Uh, what is your favorite lift? I, obviously not legs. We don't have to. We can scratch that one now. Yeah, I really don't like legs, but mostly I honestly like lifting legs once I'm in it and doing it. Yeah. I just hate the recovery afterwards. Yeah. Man, it's such a cop out to say it, but it's probably bench press. Really? Yeah, it probably is. No, that dude, that's that one's great for a lot of people. Um, it's just such a confidence builder. Cause oh, like yeah. very few, you know, save some shoulder injuries or something like that. It's one that you can get definite like definite uh what do they call it um progressive overload on right. you know what i mean it, it grows like one of the fastest at least from what i've seen uh and so that and, and deadlift i think once people get up the deadlift um, would be b for me for yeah. sure yeah. um i think once people get up the courage to like try to deadlift mm-hmm. and try to get heavy on the deadlift i think that one is one that really gives i mean you can sit you can set such huge weights like it's yeah it doesn't matter who you are you can go in there and deadlift twice your weight if you do any training on it at all yeah so, like, well it's yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're below like thirty percent body fat, you could lift twice your weight. <laughs> but I mean, like if you if you're in there and you're actually working hard at it, in six months you can deadlift twice your body weight. It's just yeah. it's it's a scary lift if yeah. you don't know what you're doing with it. It is, and that's the reason it, it is my favorite because I actually feel competent when I go in there because right. I think the highest I've ever hit was three forty five. Um, now I'm a three hundred pound man, so <laughs> twice my body weight's not happening. Right, really, yeah. anytime soon. But as my body weight goes down, so, exactly. you know my deadlift well, yeah, percentage goes not, up. Yeah, um, your deadlift's not going to go down with your body weight. Yeah, but being a newbie, it was the one that I could actually go in there and you yeah, can put up weight. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah fucker, I'm putting three plates. On, you know, I'm putting three plates on. Mm-hmm. We're going three wheels up right now um, compared to everybody else in the gym. It was just one that 
it made me feel good. You know what yes. I mean? I think that yeah. bench press does that for a lot of people as well. Man, I think that's that's honestly, I think, why I like weightlifting, period, mm-hmm. as much as I do. Um, it's just instant gratification. Yeah. And I don't want to be patient for my gratification. Yeah. I'm going to argue because it is – Look, this says to how high value of a man that I think you are, because weightlifting is not instant gratification. Um, let's get let's get that fucking correct right now, because weightlifting is not instant gratification. But for us that have developed, like for for people that are interested in bettering themselves, it is about the most instant gratification that you can get mm-hmm. because you walk in there immediately, put weights on, and lift it, right? And it feels good. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I get what you're saying, yeah. But uh, you know, especially when you're doing it at four thirty in the morning, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, you're being a little bit too humble here. It's not exactly <laughs> instant gratification because um, you do have to work your ass off for it. But uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, um, no, I just mean like the mechanism of so like. I- I've yeah. done running in the past, and it didn't matter if I ran for like six months straight. I still can't run yeah. more than two miles at a time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and so it's just it's weightlifting is something where I can see results quickly. Yeah, like within yeah. a couple of weeks, I'm moving up to another ten pounds on things. Yeah, it's no, just, and I, I wasn't trying to jump down your throat. No, I was no, just no, saying. No. Like, I just I was trying to explain kind of where I'm coming yeah. from. No, I get what you mean too. Like, it takes dedication, especially. Man, once you get to like my age, which sounds goofy to say because I'm only 32, but yeah, once Jesus. you have kids and you, done, <laughs> I think that's the second time you've done that to me. <laughs> but once you have kids, man, it's like you got to make time to do any of this. And the yeah. only time that I could find that wasn't going to take away from time with my family was to go at 4.30 in the morning, which is not my favorite thing on earth. Really? No, I'm not a morning person. Not naturally, anyway. I struggled. Uh, this was this is this whole week uh, from Monday to today. I got up at four thirty in the morning, um, started doing that, and I I struggled today. Today was really hard. Um, yeah, yeah. But mostly because, and this is gonna be silly, but I uh, the the I'm big into Daily Wire. Have you heard of Daily Wire? Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. Big into Daily Wire and uh, Steven Crowder, and they got into some fights, and so Twitter was just a madhouse last night. And uh, we'll, <laughs> you stayed up too long on some Twitter. Yeah, it stayed yeah. Up, and we'll get to Twitter later. Uh, but. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so today was really tough. Um, I definitely hit the snooze once. Oh yeah. Um, and oh, yeah. so, but I uh, got up and did it, and I feel so much better when I'm doing it. Like, oh I, yeah, I feel too. so much better. I feel like I'm not a fraud. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it just it feels like because I preach getting up, getting after it. You know what I mean? And even when I get up at six, which is still before ninety percent of the people on the face of the planet. You know what I mean? Maybe not ninety mm-hmm. percent, but even when I get up at six, which is still somewhat early. It just doesn't feel good um, because I feel like I'm behind. But when I get up at 4.30 and I look at my phone, it's me and Jocko and, you know, my buddy <laughs> right. Brett. And I know Cade is getting after it. And my man Nick, when I know that I'm in the league with those people, that's when I feel like I'm not a fraud anymore, you know. No, that um, makes sense. Like, And Huberman talks about this quite a bit on his mm-hmm. podcast too. Like if you don't, if you don't have a morning routine. Yeah. It's not good. And it's not good like for physiological reasons, not just mentally. It's just yeah. not not good. Your whole body kind of shuts back down if yeah. you're not willing to get out of bed and do something with it. Mm-hmm. So I, if I get up at 6, I still feel all right, but I'm with you. Like It feels better to be up at 4.30 and have done something and to be able to get on with my day yeah. and not have to worry about it. And that's the other reason I like to work out early too is because, I mean, I could go do this at 9 o'clock at night, Yeah, but... Oh God! Then I'd be dreading it, yeah. like literally all day until nine o'clock at night, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> Brett and I, my buddy Brett Hart, uh, he and I actually have a five a.m. phone call every day. Oh, so, I like it. Yeah, just so, uh, like 
Now get your ass out of bed. Make you know sure I mean? you're up like, and doing something, uh, huh? Yeah. yeah. And that's more for me than it is him. He does it all the time anyway. Um, he's always up early. But for me, he and I have a, a 5 a.m. phone call. And so I like it. A, you got to do what you got to do. Because like I said, yeah. I'm not a morning person. So it's not like it's not an easy choice for yeah. me to make to do it. Yeah. Well, if you want to do a 501 a.m. phone call, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so let's go on. Uh, I think we'll be done with the rapid fire questions. And uh, this is going to be the really hard. This is probably going to be the hardest part of the episode. Is uh, um, admitting how you and I got connected to <laughs> the rest of the world. So let's tell the people um, that aren't going to understand. They're never going to understand. But tell them how you and I found each other and got connected. So it's really random, especially living in Amarillo, right? Yeah. I joined a group really in like 2019. It's not even a group. Like I had to explain this to my wife the other night. It was <laughs> so weird to try and explain this to her. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, you're explaining it to at least three people right, right. now. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, there's this group on Twitter called Energy Finance Twitter, and they go by EFT. And it's like, I don't know, there's probably 40 people that regularly contribute to it. Yeah. Um, and I found it in 2018 or 2019. So, I've been in the, I've been in the uh, petroleum business for eight full years now. Um, and, Towards 28, 2019, like I, 2018, 2019, I started to want to kind of venture outside of the company that I was working for at the time and see what was out there and kind of get to know the different areas in the country. Right. And one of the only ways you can really do that without actually going to visit is looking around on Twitter. So I randomly found this EFT group. Yeah. Um. So I got joined in on that. And these guys back then were really calling out stuff in the industry that they saw as being like fraudulent. Yeah. And it was cool. Like it was, I mean, it was stuff that people who were in the industry could look at it and be like, yeah, those dudes are right. And no one is saying this publicly. Yeah. Yeah. And so these guys were all doing it on and on, on and on Twitter accounts. Yeah. So I was anonymous like, for people that don't right. know. anonymous. Yeah. yeah anonymous for people that don't spend their time scrolling Twitter. <laughs> so these guys are all sitting there doing that. And I was like, man, this is cool. I'm going to just kind of tag around and hang out. Yeah. You know, it's 20, 2022, 2023 now. And I've never left. So yeah. last year I came across some random account that started hanging out on EFT called Hoss Rousher. Yeah. I was like, wow, this guy's kind of cool. He's talking about Texas country. It's pretty legit. I couldn't figure out how you were even connected. Really? I'm not, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So randomly one guy pointed out that we were both in Amarillo. I can't even remember who it was. Maybe Don Jr. Uh, I think it was Earl Fuel. Maybe so. <laughs> God, this sounds so. Uh, I know. I know. A, it's an anonymous account. Did you? I don't want to. I don't want to admit how long it took me to figure out that that was oil field. Like Earl Field. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, God, yeah. no! I cannot believe it took me that long. Anyway, it was Earl Field. Yes. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. Like when I say Don Junior, I mean an, an anonymous account that goes by Donald Trump Junior. Yeah, on EFT, isn't so, it? It's like Don Junior's Northern White One Hundred mesh. Yes, isn't that? Yes, it is one hundred percent. It's a Donald Trump Junior cocaine <laughs> joke. So, so anyway, whoever it was pointed out, hey, you and you and Hoss are both in Amarillo. Yeah, and I was like, cool. Well, let's go get lunch or something, right? So we ended up getting lunch, and like I told my wife, hey, I'm gonna go get lunch with this guy that I met on Twitter. She's like, what's his name? I was like. I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> at that point, I didn't know if Haas was just an Anon account. Like, all of these dudes have these crazy names. And I'm like, I'm one of maybe four people on there yeah. that are not anonymous. Yeah. So, I was like, I, I don't know. She's like, this sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> he, he might kill you. And I was like, I don't think he's going to kill me. So, she's like, all right, go. But you got to turn on your GPS location and all this nonsense. So, we ended up going to lunch, man. And it's been... 
been yeah. pretty cool. Hit it off from there. Yeah, we we got along really well. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, and for the people that don't understand, like these are like groups of people that yeah, Twitter is for shit posting, and right. I probably do a lot more. Not do a lot more, but. I frequent a lot more of the shit posting pages than what you probably do <laughs> right. um, for memes and stuff like that. But it is entertainment. But there are these little like niche groups that discuss actual like industry. Let me put it this way. It's what LinkedIn should be. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah. No, that's that's the perfect way to yeah. describe it. And if, if we told people that we met on LinkedIn, they would be like, oh, that's cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you're both right, professionals. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's what LinkedIn for – it's LinkedIn for cold kids. Like, yeah. And I'm not even – again, I know people are laughing at me as I say it. But <laughs> it really is LinkedIn for cool kids because you can go and discuss like industry, industry things, politics. Politics get discussed a lot on there. Not by Cade because he stays out of it, unlike myself. Twitter is what you make of it. You can yeah. you can get tons of information, no matter what you're into. If you're into finance, if you're into energy, if you're into, right. I mean, anything. It, it is what you make of it. You can make that as informative of a community as you want if you're willing to curate it. Yeah. Or it can be awful. Yeah. Like it's, it's either a cesspool or it's the best tool yeah. for networking that you can find. Yeah. I actually, uh, just to tell you how I actually got involved... Um, it was when Spaces was big. Right. And remember when they like mm-hmm. Spaces had just launched and they were putting it on everybody's fucking phone screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's screen. And somehow, like, I don't even know if I was following anybody in the space that it re- recommended to me. Um, but it recommended me a space and I was like alone playing video games because my wife was at work. And right. I was like, well, hell, I guess I'll see what this is. And they were talking about stocks and I'm historically like ignorant on anything stock trading right i, I know no, i don't know what equity is like i, I kind of <laughs> do but it's the amount of stocks you have in a company i guess or something like that um watch me be wrong when, I, when no. I say that um but like i don't know like how to short a company i don't know um anything like that and so i was listening to these guys talk and it just got very like wild west and in, right, in, in the space like, as spaces used to be mm-hmm. and i was like this is kind of a weird dynamic and so I think it was actually like Chris, do you know Chris Varley? Um, I think we've talked anyway. Uh, he's he's a, he's a non anonymous that is on uh, on Twitter, and I messaged him and just like out of the blue because I've never met a stranger, and so right, right, um, right. especially not on Twitter. No, um, yeah. so I messaged him. I was like, dude, what is this all about? And he told me like this is EFT, you know this stuff. So I started joining some of those spaces and just listening, um, talking on, when they would talk politics. I would get in there and talk a little bit above. You know, of politics, um, mm-hmm, to which right. a lot of them didn't agree with, which was of course funny, which yeah. got me some follows and, you know, got the engagement up mm-hmm, um, right. as god awful it is to say. But uh, it just ended up following a bunch of these accounts. And, uh, you know, occasionally they get on those verge of politics. You know what I mean? And when you would follow those accounts and basically the way I actually got into the group and relatively known, I mean, may, I'm maybe four people from EFT actually know who I am, but. Uh, relatively known was when I would engage on the non oil field stuff. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, or I would yeah. ask questions about the oil field stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what. And that's the cool thing about EFT too, is they're willing to engage on just about anything. Yeah. Cause a lot of these dudes have some the, very hard, hard held opinions yeah. like, on everything. On Which Earth. is also kind of the bad thing. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> for sure. But they're also super willing to explain to outsiders mm-hmm. about the industry, which is awesome because if you're outside of the industry, it's almost impossible to figure out anything about it dude it's terrible like uh, there's somebody that is outside and it's it is kind of funny because i am in i am technically backdoored into energy um so like because i do department of energy subcontracting so like 
I tell people, you know, Department of Energy, don't don't you worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't you worry about it. But uh, technically kind of backdoored into the energy part of the thing, but not the way that y'all right, mean it. Yeah. Um, but I'm so ignorant oil field. And what's bad is, I mean, oil field raised me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like my dad had a roustabout company, um, his own roustabout company. My dad was actually a pretty big project manager for Northern Natural Gas. Right. Um, he project managed a lot of the uh, – the stuff, not the lower 48, but the lower, lower 48. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Kansas South. Right. Um, on a lot of midstream projects for uh, Northern. He project managed that. And then they wanted us to move to Nebraska. And he said, no. <laughs> no I don't really want to do that. Yeah. And yeah. so he, he created his own company. And so the oil field raised me. But that's also why I have zero interest in ever, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> ever yeah. getting into it. Um, but it is cool to see what y'all talk about. And I do feel left out. As somebody who really likes to, like, <laughs> dive into things. Like, when I get – when I – want to know about something i want to know everything about it and yeah. so it's it's been really weird being on the outside of that and just not knowing anything about it like that and stocks which is the whole, what, the whole point, point of the EFT. EFT. Yeah. and i'm still yeah. just as ignorant as the day i, I went in because i just don't see and that's kind of the bummer to me about eft is not as utilitarian as it was yeah in the past and it's partly because well it was it was bred out of necessity yeah. you know what i mean like the industry was it was awful in 2018, mm-hmm. 2019 for the most part. You had a bunch of companies that were running rogue doing things that were just not legit at all. Yeah. And so much of that has been washed out in the last two years now that yeah. there's not as much of a need anymore for yeah. them to be as quite as utilitarian as they were. Yeah. And see, like, I would ask questions and even the answers would just go right over my head. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like right. Somebody, uh, there was one guy that. I, he said something, and I'm not going to say who it is because it was funny, but he was like, yeah, we were using our own VAC truck to do something like, yeah. <laughs> right. and like they were using their own VAC truck to like, I guess, clean up a pit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, see, I still don't get it, but it was just so funny because it was like such a, seemed like such a simple answer. He was like, yeah, I've been so broke that we were using our own hydro VAC trucks to get stuff out of there, which is extremely illegal or something like that. Right. So yeah, yeah. You yeah. probably know what I'm talking about. I but, can't remember which conversation this was, but I probably saw it. Well, yeah. it was, it was in private. Um, oh, but oh, I'm oh, saying oh, you I probably know the process of they were using their own VAC trucks to back out a pit and you're not supposed to, it's supposed to be like somebody else that comes and backs out your pit. Like you're yeah. not allowed to use anyway. Um, don't get too into the weeds, but I just, I don't, I, I don't even understand the answers. Right. Like I've sent things to you and I'm like, Hey, what does this mean? And you're like, this is what it means. And I'm like, that <laughs> didn't I, help I, me. I still don't. And that like, that's the hard thing about it is like, we're all kind of siloed into our own world mm-hmm. so hard that it's just hard for us to even remember that there are people out there that have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and you know, for the people that may be rolling their eyes about like the fact that this stuff happens on social media, cause you know, a lot of them, um, it, it is super valuable. Like, if, oh, yeah. it, like you said earlier, it is what you make it, but it is super valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I, we've had a lot of meaningful conversations even since we met. Right. You know what I mean? Which right. is, it's just yeah, it fucking insane to think about. Like yeah. the fact that we both lived in the same town, um, which isn't, isn't that inconceivable since we were found on an oil field group. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If we were found on a firearms, you know, thing or something that was countrywide, you right, know, which the right. oil field is countrywide. I get it. Yeah, yeah I know. but it's, it's dominated. It's <laughs> yeah. predominantly yeah. New Mexico, Texas, um, and Oklahoma. Yeah. The part. And, you know, all the Alberta people are screaming at me yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, but they will be. This is, sure. this is the, you know, it's the Permian for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. right. so, and we're not in the Permian. I know that. But Texas is, the vast majority of those accounts, I would recognize it from Texas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that wild that we met in that group, but it's still just wild that we lived in the same town, met, and then hit it off the way that we did um, right. because yeah. of the shared values that we've got. And so 
yes, I know it's funny that we met on Twitter and it's like <laughs> online dating for finance pros. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, That's a good way to um, You're going to make all of the finance dudes mad at you for that. I See, I don't even know. I don't even <laughs> understand the meme. I just know that finance bros is a meme and I don't really understand it because I'm not in finance. But. Yeah, I'm not. I, see, the finance stuff is like kind of an aside to me. Like it's cool to me because I want to know yeah. that part of the business and that's been part of the big value add for me for EFT. Yeah. Um, but like... I still don't know what half of those guys are talking about when they're talking about that kind of yeah. thing. Like I, I know anything operations wise is, is easy for me, but the yeah. finance stuff is still difficult. Well, and see, it's funny because for me, the way I view context, like I don't know why the finance bros memes are funny, but I know how to make finance bros memes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and the one that I love is that, uh, this is going to be really funny, but like oil ops guys invest, um, so like have you, that mean like everybody in Midland like wearing a North oh, Face vest yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like oh, that? That's so true, dude. That's so true. <laughs> is it? Is it? Yes. Is it that true? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm wearing a vest right now. <laughs> I'm literally I wearing a vest right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's so true. I don't know what it is about it, dude. It's, it's like all the all the time. I think when winter's coming out, like when it got below sixty degrees, there was all the memes of like yeah. the can of Copenhagen, the white F one fifty, the cinch vest, and then the like Richardson one ten hats, yes, one twelves, and they're like oil field sales guys right now. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, no or fishing shirts. Yeah, like, fishing shirts. Mid- that mid- was really, really funny. All fishing shirts. Yeah, and, like this is all true. All of these stereotypes yeah. are true for a reason. Yeah. So somebody was uh, talking about going to work for Atmos. Um, like or no, I think it was West Texas Utilities or something like right, that. Right. And I was like, oh well, better go get you a, a couple three X fishing shirts and some Richardson one twelves. <laughs> and then they didn't get it, which you know my jokes flop like that against you know for other people that yeah, don't understand. In the normal but, world, yeah. yeah, it was like, dude, this would so sell on on EFT. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back out from the stuff that nobody's going to understand. Um, I, I think it's been really valuable. We've had a lot of good conversations. Um, right. No, so I agree. 100%. Let's get into one of those valuable conversations so that people don't turn this off. Um, why do you think that let's, – let's talk about your faith and let's talk about how it – get a little bit deeper into how it actually helps you execute your purpose on a daily basis. What is – let's – the word that's coming to mind is centering. So do you have some sort of centering process on your faith that helps you execute your purpose? Um, I'm saying enough syllables that this should sound valuable. But. Right, right. No, no, no. I get it. Um, I don't think it would even be an exaggeration to say basically everything about me is built out of that. Okay. Um, and when I say that, I mean like I get all of my value systems mm-hmm. out of it. I get every every moral feeling out of it. So like if I'm trying to identify whether or not I, a business deal is something that I can do within moral bounds. That's, yeah. that's something that's going to come out of my faith. As far as how I center it around that, man, that's like, I mean, we could venture way off into some stuff, but really the biggest thing is I read the Bible every day and okay. I try to pray every day. And like, I, I legitimately try to listen and try to understand what the Lord's telling me in certain situations. Um, and I, I don't think you can really center around faith like that. Yeah. Without it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's talk about value systems a little bit. And okay. I'm going to try to make this as coherent as possible. Um, I've been stuck on value systems. Like, I've been thinking nonstop about value systems. Tell me how, and, and specifically as it goes into, like, how people operate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got this idea that people operate on a certain set of values. Um, and I'll just go ahead and tell you my idea so that you can offer commentary on it. Okay, let's hear it. My idea is that people have certain sets of values um, or principles or 
I think core values is a good way to say it. We're going to do things like ambition, honesty, loyalty, ownership, excellence, things like that. Mm -hmm. Core values. And my theory is that you need to be able to use these core values every second of every single day. Um, So any situation that you're in, you need to be able to use all of these core values and they need to, none of them need to conflict. So you can't have your, or if they do conflict, you're morally corrupt, which at that time, you know, what you just did was something morally corrupt. So let's say your ambition and your honesty um, conflict, like, well, that's not a good, because ambition is, I think ambition is good. If you were to have a negative value. But um, let's, let's, let's backtrack to that for a minute, because I think there are situations where you can, your ambition could override your honesty and you would be morally corrupt. And so that's where I think that maybe ambition isn't a core value. Because if it's allowed to, to, if we consider, or it's not a good core value, and this is maybe where my theory breaks down. But do, do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, is I that I don't think you can hold. I think you can hold them all together. Like I think there are times when your ambition and honesty can all act at the act right. The, the thing is, if you get into a position where you're, one of your core values, if it is ambition, is trying to override something like honesty, you have to say no and be willing to back up. Well, and so here's what I have to say to that: take ambition out and sub excellence. Excellence oh, would be a good. core. Excellence would be a core value instead of ambition. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? This is this is what I'm trying to play with mm-hmm. because I, I just I don't because then I feel like there has to be a set of rules for the way people behave, um, and I don't know why I think that. Um, and again, I'm not very Bible literate, and so maybe there's an answer four pages deep into the Bible if I would just get into it. But um, that's the only way that I can kind of see because what I see is you know society we've talked about it is sort of breaking down and I feel like it's breaking on fault lines of value structures. Um, it's where people have different values um, that they believe other people should hold. And the problem is when you start trying to hold these values that conflict with the ones that you've already got, that's when discourse breaks down. That's when you're never going to be able to find an agreement. Um, let's talk about the value for life, for example. Right. I'm not going to get deep into the abortion argument, but the fundamental basis of that argument is do you value um, the life that we're talking about above your own. And really that's what it is. Do you value the life above your own? Because that's what people are thinking is, well, if I was in this situation, I would want the right to do this. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think when people have conflicting values like that, um, there is no solution. And that's where I'm coming up with that. You can't have two values that conflict. Am I making any sense? I know I'm stumbling. No, that does make sense, man. I think, honestly, if you strip all of this away and you strip out each individual topic and you get rid of all of it, it comes down to you have have the total erosion of absolute truth in society. Okay. Right? So if the further and further you move away from – a feeling of absolute truth, whether whether your absolute truth is based on the Quran or the Bible or the Torah or whatever, whatever it may be based on. Right. The further you get away from that being absolute truth as a society, the less any of these individual choices matter. Yeah. Right. Because who's to say if there's no absolute truth, who's to say that the way that I feel isn't more important than the way that you feel or the way that you feel isn't more important than I feel. And that's where all of this stuff breaks down. It can is it fair to sub at, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting we sub it just for comparison's sake. Is it fair to sub uh, apt, absolute truth for objective reality? Is that what you're talking about? Talk to me about what you mean by objective reality. Objective reality is that um, because we both see this table as brown, the table is brown. Um, 
like it's it's the perception of reality. It's it's something objective that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I I agree. But you, you get, see what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. But the the thing about it is, is you can get into parts where all of a sudden you're trying to define where a life begins, right? And that's yeah. that can be objectively held by two different people, and not be able to come to an agreement on it. Okay. Um. So it's it's deeper, I think, than what we would call objective reality. Okay. Because objective objective reality is objective from your objective, right? It yeah. can be it can be subjective to somebody else. Oh, so you're you're saying that objective reality is is subject to perception. Right. That's okay. exactly right. Is that a better way to exactly. yeah, okay. um so then and this is gonna get <laughs> this turned into a Jordan B. Peterson podcast really quick. But <laughs> I guess what do you mean by um, truth then, or the truth, whatever, whatever you said. I, okay. I, I so what it was. truth for me is based biblically. Okay. Okay. Um, I believe at the very basis of it all, the only truth is what is presented in the Bible. Okay. Which would be, um, that we are all sinners and fallen short of the glory of God. And we are only saved by election through Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily true for everybody, of course, but even more than that, like I would say that somebody that was Jewish would hold the Torah as being their their absolute truth. Okay. Um, but that's that's the basis of what Western civilization was really built upon. Yeah. And really, Middle Eastern civilization as well, except that their absolute truth comes out of the Quran. Yeah. Right. So the thing about it is, like they all of these societies were built upon these precepts that everybody agreed on for thousands of years. Okay. But the further and further we've moved away from those religions, the less and less these precepts matter, the more and more subjectivity moves in and people have begun to value the only thing that humanity really values, which is themselves over everything else. And that's really what all of this stuff comes down to is, and not, not to keep beating on the abortion wagon, but, it's, it's a really good one. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's the problem is it's a, it's a really good one. Um, right. At the base of it, man, abortion is a selfish choice because you don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. And I don't, I don't mean to downplay it and it's not any different than any other choice really, but it just comes down to a selfish decision. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. And this isn't a political podcast, but it, it is just, so it's, it's such a good example of what we're talking about because it's one that's so when you get down to the core of it, mm-hmm. when you get down to the core of it, it really is about a difference in core values. I mean, there's, there's rarely ever another political topic that you can really to where it's that short of a trip to right. This is, we have a difference of core values, right? Guns. It's a long way to fucking get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, Hey, we just have a difference in core values. You know, the, the LGBTQ stuff, it's a little bit longer than what abortion is right. of a road to get to, hey, we have different values. Um, but the abortion one, it's just so clear and obvious that one set of people believes that under no circumstance should you elect to sacrifice an innocent life over your own, um, you know, for your own. Uh, right. How am I saying that? Like. Your own selfish desires. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And man, and it's such a, I mean, it, even it is a layered topic, right? So yeah. like it, it, it's so hard because if I have a daughter someday and my daughter is raped and yeah. she becomes pregnant, 
I'm going to be in a hard spot with that. Right. But at the same time, because of where I am with the way that I view and believe in truth, Mm -hmm. that that, that, that's not a choice. Right. That choice isn't there. And it's the same thing. This is going to be a harder one and more thorny for most people, but it's the same thing for divorce. Yeah. It's, it's a covenant to me. It's a covenant mm-hmm. until death do you part. And that's the only way that you get out of it. And it doesn't matter what happens between now and death. Yeah. I can't do anything. Like yeah. I, I will be with my wife mm-hmm. until I take my last breath. Yeah. So, and that's, that's only because I view that as an absolute truth and something that is a moral building block at the foundation of my very being. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I get all of that. I get all of that out of out of Christianity and and my my worldview as a Christian. No, I I think you're completely right. And did you? This is going to get into some meme territory. But did you see the uh, the lady cop that? Oh yeah, had a lot oh, yeah. of fun in Tennessee or yeah, whatever it was. I read about that. <laughs> oh, oh. Or I saw a headline on it or something. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to make any of the memes because they're pretty they're pretty bad. I know I know. make any of the jokes, but um, Michael Knowles. I, I, do you watch Michael Knowles at all? No, I've I listened to him and Ben a little bit. I'm I'm gonna be totally straightforward with you on this kind of stuff. Like I can't I can't intake too much of that. Yeah, because it makes me so negative and so like just it's like it eats my brain. Yeah, pretty much. And I so I just can't deal with it as much as I as I would probably need to. But I have, I mean, I've listened to him and Shapiro in the past. If you listen to anybody the way that you feel, unless you're listening to get a different perspective, but if you listen to anybody the way that you feel about this stuff, Michael Knowles is a really good one. Um, and I've come to really love Michael. Um, he actually did come out and he was like, a lot of people have been asking me if this is a if this is a situation that you're allowed to get divorced in. And it's a bad one. If you don't know about the lady right, cop. That, right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she... I'm not. I'm not going to make any of the jokes. Um, go go research it. Look up lady cop memes. And um, I mean, and that honestly, like that's actually biblically from Jesus. He said yeah. in cases of immorality, it's just not like I. And I can't say that because I've never been in that position. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that I could let my wife go even in that position. Yeah. You know, and I hope. I hope I'm never in that position. I don't think I'll ever be in that position on my yeah. wife. It's just like that's a. But it is. I mean, it, I don't know what Noel said, but it is biblically. That's what he said. Is that Christ said you can? Yeah, he said. Uh, surprisingly, you know, no, they they shouldn't get divorced. They right. should. They should work it out. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's where I'm coming to these values. Um, that that's where I'm coming to that is that it it has to be applicable in every situation. Like mm-hmm. I, that's I, I can't get off of it, man. You know what I mean? And. Uh, my buddy Jonah tried to bring up, uh, you know, a few, well, what if I'm practicing, you know, righteous anger in the name of justice? I, he said some other stuff and he and I haven't really gotten into the conversation. His main, his favorite hobby is to disagree with me and okay. mine yeah, to disagree it. with him. So, um, that, dude, that's kind of, that's really valuable though. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it, a valuable it, thing to be challenged on your viewpoints on stuff. Yeah, it, it really is, is. It is, but it's so fucking time consuming. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 it's yeah. incredibly time consuming. And I started phase one or phase three on Thursday. So I just, <laughs> you just don't have time right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't like. I'll I'll use him as a sounding board sometimes, but when he wants to start to argue and I'm busy, I'm like, I, yeah. never mind. I'm sorry I even asked. <laughs> but, this is this is going to be like really kindergarten type stuff too. But yeah. you can rule like 99 percent of your life if you will follow the golden rule. Yeah, like it's called the golden rule for a reason. Yeah, treat others as you wish to be treated. Yeah, and if you will add to that, 
the commandment from Jesus to love your neighbor. And it doesn't, when he says love your neighbor, he doesn't just mean love the person that is just like you down the street. He means love everyone. Yeah. And if you like, I don't do very good at this. Like I don't do very good at this. Okay. So don't hear me pronouncing judgment by this, but if you can, if you can live according to both of those two things, you can really get through every thorny issue. You can't like when dealing with people, you can get through every thorny issue just based off of that. Yeah. And that doesn't always mean utter kindness. No, no, no. You know what I mean? No, like, don't hear me wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly, I I don't hate the word, but um, the word kindness is used like a club, I think. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. We, ha- we must be kind to these. And it's like, well, I, either, either kindness has a different definition than what you think it does or, you know, true love doesn't mean true kindness 100% of the time. No, no, you, no. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah. No, and that's, I mean, that's biblical too, right? So, yeah. like, it says literally, don't spare the rod with your child. Right? Yeah. And that God disciplines us because he loves us. Yeah. So, like, no, it doesn't, my dad, it doesn't mean that. I, my dad, I don't know how much he knows about the Bible, but he, he was really good at that he one. He definitely read that part. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually didn't. I actually rarely got spanked. I was a good kid, but. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, that's what we all say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean it, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally, I think it was maybe three times in my whole life. Um, but, uh. Maybe it was more than that. Um, maybe I deserved it a little bit more and just never got it. <laughs> right? uh, that's yeah. probably the yeah. answer. No, I totally get that too. But no, man, that's just where I keep coming back to this this value system of I, I don't think I, – and let me put it this way. They can conflict because people have them conflict all the all time. The time. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, and But that's me, where morality comes in, right? Yeah. Like, at that point, you have to make the moral decision or you don't make the moral decision. Right. Right. Um, and that's where I guess my point in this is that if you understand, if we decide that value confliction in any circumstance equals moral corruption, that means that, which is where you're saying you have to understand morality. If you feel like you're morally corrupt, then you need to go back and assess your values. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. Or how you apply these values. I would agree um, with that. Or the definition of these values. Like what, what are these? And I say definition the meaning of these values, how they're exercised. Um, because if you think that you're, you know, a humble person or, you know, you think that you're, um, one of your values is ownership. Um, and you find yourself being morally corrupt occasionally, or I guess hypocritical, maybe that, that, that I think that is a sign of moral corruption when you feel like you're being hypocritical, then you need to go assess what these values mean to you and what values you're actually holding. So the, the, the uh, ambition and excellence is a good example. Like, I think it's a really good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people hold ambition as a value. And I would say that for myself. Um, I, I used to now that we're having this conversation, <laughs> literally in, in the moment. Um, I think I'm going to swap that for excellence because ambition can lead to, uh, you know, can lead to corruption of honesty. Oh, without a doubt. Um, and I, maybe the other way to maybe look at this, too, is that you should prioritize your values, right? yeah maybe so like honesty should be held above ambition Mm -hmm. i would say in every case now if you want to take ambition and change it to excellence i think there is honestly that's i hate that i just said honestly in the middle of that sentence (laughs) if you want to take ambition and change it for excellence i think there is a hint of honesty within that excellence does that make sense like you are yes nobody is ever going to say i am excellent at robbing a bank right right but they might say, like, I, I, the way that you're trying to define excellence would be, would be, I'm excellent at whatever I'm doing, but I'm not being dishonest while I'm doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's not like you're holding those two things in a vacuum. 
But I, I do think you should maybe prioritize some things above other things when it comes to that because nobody should corrupt honesty with ambition. And see, I that's where I don't think that the priorities hold. Like, I think if you have to prioritize, then you either need to drop the value and or exchange it for something yeah, else that already exchange it for something that you don't have to prioritize yeah, that it makes with. Sense. Um, because I believe that you can be a, and I don't, maybe virtue isn't a value, but like, I believe that you can be an honest man that, uh, values ownership and values excellence and about, and values service or, and I'm not even going to touch on the word humility because you and I know <laughs> we already that, did that. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting to put my opinions out in the air until I've got them a little bit cleaned out mm-hmm. on, on humility, but, um, I think that you can hold there are a certain there are certain sets of values that you can hold without prioritizing them. Yeah, I think that's and, probably fair. And I think those are those are what you lean into. And if you find yourself having to prioritize your values, maybe maybe get rid of the one that's making you do that. Yeah, re, relook at your values. And I'm not saying that they're not tools either. No, no, no. So, instead of making them your guiding values, make them tools in your kit. Ambition for that example. That would be good. Um, yeah. ambition for example. Use ambition because what ambition is is drive. You know what I mean? Like it's it's drive to go do something. Have you have you ever seen Vikings? No. Um, they talk. They use the word ambition in a way that hasn't really been used. That he's an ambitious man, and it's somewhat negative. Um, mm. It implies the moral amb- ambiguity of of the drive to be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, ambition. Ambition is the drive to be a- excellent. Uh, not not necessarily the drive to be excellent. If we use excellence in a, in an always in positive sure. circumstance, right. uh, ambition is the drive for something. Yes, um, I see what you mean. So like and the way that they would have described somebody who was ambitious for a throne. Yes, right. yes, ex- yeah. literally, exactly. In in Vikings is or he was ambitious to go plunder. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it was. Is he was going over to England uh, to go and just beat the hell out of some Christians. Right. Um, right. You know what I mean? Which is a funny statement now that I say it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, which because that's what the Christians were doing at the time. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> basically, ambition was used to, and that's where, that's where I got the idea, like, oh, you know what I mean? Ambition is not always good. Um, right. And so that's why when I started looking at my value, okay, let's set that for excellence. Because. I think that's a great sub. Really. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I'm kind of developing I, I'm just thinking because there, and again, it comes down to what people mean by these values. So it's not only that you and I can have different values. Maybe you don't have excellence in your value set. Well, and I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying for an example, maybe you don't have excellence in your value set. Uh, then I don't think that we're ever going to be able to truly come to an understanding of one another because we have different values. Um, if you don't have excellence in your set, I'm not going to understand why you don't want to be excellent at everything you do. I'm not going to understand yeah. that because okay. my value of excellence has to, my value of excellence has to apply every second of every day. So in our conversation, my value of excellence has to apply in this conversation. And if you don't have that value, I'm never going to understand why you don't because I'm applying it currently. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's where it can be different values, but it can also be a different understanding of the values that you have. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if your definition of honesty or your if you have a different meaning of excellence, for example, right. um, you can still hold excellence as a value, the word. But if we have a different meaning, we still cannot find a – we can't find an equal – we can't find an understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's we right. can't. No, I agree. Um, if you, truth, for example. Um, there are people in this world that think the truth is subjective. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like Because yeah. they say, oh, that's my truth. And it's like, fucking what? 
See you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's the thing. Your truth? All of that. Like that that whole thing is totally nonsensical. Because if you can hold your truth, I can hold my truth. And if my truth says your truth is wrong, you have nothing to say that your truth is more right than my truth, right? Yeah. So like if if there is not an actual grounding of truth right. in objective reality and an objective absolute truth, then all of this doesn't mean anything. Well, and, and, I, and I there's think no it's, agreement to be found. Yeah. And I, and I think it's between people. And this is why you see religious wars all the time, because even you yourself mentioned that the tr- the Torah is the truth for other people. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's why. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not I don't know terms. The, the Jews and the Christians are never going to fully get along. I mean, right. I don't think they're right. ever going to fully understand each other because there's that one little picky matter. You know what I mean? That we don't agree on. Right. Um, and I I don't know. We're talking myself into into confidence <laughs> on this theory because I, I just I, I see no other way around it. I mean, what what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? No, no, I think you're right. There's so much subjectivity, even even in these, and and part of it is the values we assign ourselves are slightly arbitrary, right? Yeah. And so, in being arbitrary, there's going to be perception and there's going to be subjectivity within mm. them, because, like you said, your definition of excellence might be very different than my def- definition of excellence. Right. Everyone should hold themselves to being excellent. Right. It's just a matter of what that means mm-hmm. to each individual person. Um, and it, I think there is less subjectivity to honesty and truth. Right. I don't I don't really know that there's any there's not really any gray in that. You're either telling I, the I, truth. I don't know. Or you're we not. just established that there's gray. In, in, see, in there, truth. See, there's not. So like yeah. if I so there's no there's no real gray in truth, mm. but people are trying to put gray right, in truth. Exactly. Okay, let's make that decision. exactly. Okay. Yeah, in my in my opinion, and I, like I said, like I I could go off on a whole screed on this, but this is pretty much where society unravels. Yeah, is once you take away the objectivity of truth, like it's, right. it all goes downhill from here. It's over. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I can tell you that this table is purple, and you can't tell me that it's not purple because it's my truth that it's purple. Like every yeah. there's no nothing's real. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. Right. So. To me, there are some things that have more subjectivity to them than other things, but I also think that those things that are more subject subjective are are less important, if that makes sense. Like yeah. they're they're less important certainly as the building blocks of society, right? But they're less important even in our own individual lives. Like I could live a very good life with a very different definition of excellent than what you have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, I think you're correct. And uh, when you said arbitrary, my ego took a little bit of a hit. No, <laughs> um, when you said arbitrary, I was like, wait, hold on now. But I do think it's somewhat arbitrary um, to the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not arbitrary in the way that they interact with other people. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I to to get down to the root of it. Um, it I think I think it kind of depends too, though, because it's very possible that our definitions of excellent are different. Right, but we can probably be very good friends in spite of that. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but sorry. So I, like, I don't, I don't know. I just think there are some things that affect the way you live more than there are other things that affect the way you live and the way that you can relate to other people more than the, than others. If that makes sense. Granted. Yes. I, I agree with that. What I, I think what I'm saying is that there will never truly be an understanding of one another. A true, a true understanding of one another. You and I can get along. I, I get along with Jonah great. I don't understand the man. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think it's because he and I haven't really grilled down to our core values yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't really gotten down to our core values and understood what they mean and hashed that out. But 
love Jonah to death. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I absolutely love Jonah to death. But there are things that he and I just hopefully will agree on one day. You know what I mean? Hopefully we'll have an understanding of one another one day. But yeah. we just don't know. But you may not. You, yeah. may, you may not. And that may not. I mean, right. that's, that's not the end of the world. You know? That's which not is, the end of the world. Which is which is fine until until it is the end of the world because we're arguing about – I think that's where these arguments about the things that we've talked about, abortion, when, when it when it gets to such a, a glaring and obvious point, I think that's when it does start to break down. And I think that's why there's no solution. Do you, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. I think that ties back into what I'm saying about truth, though, right. too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and that and that might be the one where if you can't, if you can't come to terms with each other on what truth is, yep. that's that's probably the one that breaks you. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily come to terms with what anything else is. And we've kind of talked about this, about people on EFT in the past, about yeah. how, like, I, I, I just can't be, you know, because we... we there's there's no understanding on something exactly you know what I mean but all of that all of those misunderstandings revolve around what truth is right at their very base yeah and you know yeah I I, I agree with you and, and I think we're saying the same thing yeah. um I don't want to beat the horse beyond no, no, death I but I I think we are and I'm not saying you were but I'm saying I'm about to <laughs> so um I I think we're saying the same things and I think that we need to dive a little bit more. What is truth? You know, like right. pull a Jordan Peterson. Have you have you seen the meme of where? Uh, oh uh, yeah, where he's <laughs> like he talks in a circle for yeah, like five minutes. Yeah, I, there's a, a meme I got sent, and it's like my wife. Did you black out and pee the bed again? And it's him. It's and he's just like him talking. He's yeah. like, well, what does it? What does it, it mean? mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I have. I've watched that video. So. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Dude. Yeah. Well, in con, I watched the whole context. And the whole context kind of makes sense. Yeah. He's he's and, sharp. He really is. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, and I, I hate it because he catches flack from dumber people that don't understand it. Right. And that just pisses me off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Or people are, aren't willing to try to understand it. Yeah. And that's, you know, because there's people that are going to be rolling their eyes when they hear us talk about what is truth. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. 100%. But, but that's, um, like, you have to be able to hold that loosely, too. Like, yeah. I it doesn't bug me. Like, yeah. there there's going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with a lot of things that I say. Yeah. But I'm not going to stop saying them. Right. Well, and I just meant that it's it sucks for Jordan. Yeah. It, it yeah. doesn't suck for Jordan. He's got a very... Yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, like he's doing all right. I wouldn't, anyway, get off this topic. Um, he was he was arguing with Muslims, and I guess it was uh, Muslims, Islam. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Did I say that right? Muslims. No, you're right. Muslims. Um, yeah. So I guess they got into some sort of back and forth that I, I can't get through one of Jordan's podcasts. I just, I just can't. Um, it's deep. It's, I, he's super deep. Yeah, I love him, but his interview skills aren't mm-hmm. nearly what his lecture skills are. So right. I, I can't get into his podcast. But um guess I got into some beef. And he was talking with uh, some Muslims. And so he was very, very – the reason he talked in circles for a couple seconds was because he was doing his best to be extremely articulate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Makes sense. Because of the nature of the conversation. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, believe it or not, there's some historical beef there. So, <laughs> right. yeah. um, basically, that that's why he was doing that. But what, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. How do we, what, what, what do we segue into off of that? Um, I mean, I think we found a good point of agreement. And I do think that we need to, that's what I was going. I think we do need to dive into, you know, what does truth really mean? Because I think we are saying the same things. Um, right. I, I think we are saying the same thing. Um, but yeah, just to sum up all of those words that were just said is I think Kate and I both agree that if you don't have some sort of grounding principle, be it truth or core value or 
the same um, definition of what truth is or what it means to you, all of these words that have been said for the past 30 minutes, if, if that's not the same, you truly cannot come to an understanding of, of one another. Um, I think that's fair. And I, I I don't want people to hear that as say like, I don't want them to believe that that means you have to shun somebody either. No, 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 no. You don't have to. And that's what we talked about with Jonah. Yeah. Is It's just a limiter. Yeah. It's just a limiter on how deep that relationship can really be. Yeah. And here's the deal. And the reason, the reason I think it's so important is all the time that is wasted on arguments. And listen, this podcast is about me talking about shit that I'm bad at to help you not like help you be less bad. Right. So before any of the people that know me start laughing their asses off, <laughs> I understand. But the the time spent arguing and the time spent arguing and talking about facts and statistics and things like that. Um, what I really want people to understand, at least from this conversation, is that there are you have different values, and until you clear that up, nothing will get done. You will not agree on guns. You no, will not agree good. on abortion. That's good. Um, and and you're probably never going to agree on a lot of these things, right? And right. and assuming you're articulate, assuming you and the person that you're talking to are articulate enough to get into that conversation, that's where the fight is to be fought. Yeah, and that's what I'm learning is no, I don't want to hear about your crime statistics or poverty statistics, you know, in the black community. Let's talk about your values. You know what right. I mean? What do you value? Let's get that straight first. Right. Before I waste any fucking time, you know, talking about abortion, Planned Parenthood, before I waste any time about this, let's get to your values because that's just what I'm starting to see is that if they're not this, like if, if, if we don't have shared values or the meaning of truth, there is no solution here. No, and I, I agree with that. And then to even like expand further upon that, like – that's so much of what's wrong with DC. Yeah. You have two people that are diametrically opposed on something. They're never going to come to terms. And instead of just like being adults and talking it out and trying to find some sort of compromise that allows us to go forward as a nation. Yeah. We've decided we're going to pull away to polar opposite ends and just stand there and yell at one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like in, a, in an interpersonal relationship, this may look a little bit different. In a, in a relationship of politicians where you're supposed to be able to govern a country together, like we've totally gotten rid of any ability to be a statesman and compromise and find solutions and go forward. And instead, we just yell at one another all day. I think that's because the values have shifted. No, no, no I agree. And, and, you know, I get irritated when people say, and don't take this the wrong way, I get irritated when people say, let's compromise. Because the problem is, what happened was we started compromising with people that didn't share our values. No, no, no. See, and I think that's that's so what I'm I'm not trying to say that you should always compromise. Right. I am trying to say that there has to be an ability for each side to go to the middle ground. And I think what really happened was you had one side that was always willing to compromise and the other side was never, never giving in any ground. So instead yeah. of coming fifty fifty and the country moving forward together, we had one side going seventy five, one side staying exactly where they were. Oh, and instead yeah. we're going off over here, right? The Overton window definitely shifted. Yes. And I'm not gonna pretend like I know what the Overton window can you know comes from, <laughs> but I know how to use it. Yeah. Um the Overton window definitely shifted. Yes. Um and that and that's where I'm saying is that they were making these compromises under the presumption that we had similar values. And, and the reality is that they didn't. That's good. That's that could be. Fair. Um, that could that, be fair. I, I think that's what I'm saying. And you know, we talk. Let's talk about this. This isn't a political podcast, but it serves our serves our conversation. Let's talk about the speaker race. I was so pissed off when people were like, "Oh, 
you know, let's come from the middle and find a speaker that, you know, Democrats and the Republicans both love. You no, know what no, I mean? No. See, that's and not, no. people were suggesting that, or even on the Republican side, you know, they were like, oh, well, let's, you know, Republicans just get together and compromise. You know what I mean? I don't think uh, Romney's not in the House. He's in the Senate. But yeah, I don't, the, yeah. the most milk person, you know, milk toast person in the House, the most Romney, Romney-like son of a bitch in the House, you know what I mean? Get him together with Matt Gates and find somebody that we can compromise on. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And right. it doesn't need to happen. What needs to happen is people need to stick to their values and shut this shit down until we can get some people that do have similar values that we can start talking about. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Maybe I went a little hard in the paint on that. But I, I just think that's the problem is <laughs> you cannot compromise. If, if you let's say, let's say that you do believe in the value of life, like we've talked about abortion. The best, the, the worst example is that, okay, we're going to compromise on states' rights because that is a compromise because you truly, because of your values, you believe that it should not happen ever anywhere. And you believe that the government, uh, the people, the body of people have the right to protect that baby from being, you know, murdered. That is what you believe because of your values. Even the compromise of it's states' rights, let people do what they want, that is so, that's against your values. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, that's the problem is we kept compromising on our values in the name of, you know. See, I think, so this is going to be kind of odd, right? So, it's going to be kind of odd coming from me, I think. This is a conversation where, for the betterment of the country, I don't know that it's as black as white, as black and white as it should be. Right. Yeah. And I and this is kind of something that I've, this is this is a beef that I really have with the church in a few different ways, too. So part of the calling of the church that I think they totally screwed up mm-hmm. is the whole love everyone thing, which is really odd since that was the greatest commandment for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't love everyone if, how do I want to say this? You can't love everyone if you're turning off a significant percentage of the population immediately with the stance you're taking, right? Okay. So the church cannot compromise on abortion. It can't. It has right. to say abortion is wrong. It also needs to couch that in the same the same argument for homosexuality. It also needs to couch that with, man, we love all of y'all. Yeah. Like and really genuinely show that. Mm-hmm. So the homosexuality one's a little bit easier to explain the positioning on, I think. But yeah. like this, the the way that I've seen the church go for pretty much my whole life is almost like homophobic. Does that yeah. make sense? Like they're just totally, no, we don't want you around. You make us uncomfortable. You're not allowed to be around here. Yeah. Man, and that's not correct. So. I've had a different experience, but continue. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, but at the opposite polar end of that is the church denominations that are like, yeah. oh, it's cool. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Come in here. We'll make you a pastor. You don't have to repent. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus, Yeah. Jesus loved yeah. everybody. Right. No. See, like that's, that's not it either. Yeah. You know, but there's a middle ground here where the church needs to be like, we love all of y'all, but we're going to butt out of this. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like the church shouldn't be a political weapon. And I feel like it's, it started to make itself a political weapon. Yeah. And that bugs me. So my and and again because everything that I do, every every choice that I make and everything that I the way that I look at the world is couched so hard by my Christian mm-hmm. view and the way that I think the church should be, like this abortion thing is totally, it, it's not repairable. Yeah, 
it's not going to be repairable. It will. We will never have a consensus view on this in this country. It will never go one way. It will never go the other way. Yeah. And so there's only really two solutions about it, right? We're either going to break off mm-hmm. and break apart as a country or we're going to have to compromise in a way like states' rights. Yeah. And there's no other way forward. And I that's, that's kind of... I, I mean, I, I don't like to be that. Like, I, it's just hard as a Christian to be in that position because I despise it, yeah, to my very core. But I can also see, as a utilitarian and pragmatic view, if we're going to stay together as a country, something is going to have to be compromised on, or we're just not going to be able to survive this. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably the same. It's. It's honestly the same tact that Abraham Lincoln took with slavery before the Civil War. Yeah. Like he was willing to give a lot. He mm-hmm. was willing to give a lot. He wasn't willing to do the Emancipation Proclamation until he absolutely had to yeah. to win the war. I mean, he was willing to give a lot to the South in order to keep the Union together, right? Yeah. It was the South that was like, no, nah, we're not willing to deal with any of this. Yeah. Like, I'm not, we're not compromising with you on any of this. And to me, like, abortion is not quite there because it's not. It's not as divisive. Yeah. But it's the same type of thing. Like you're going to have states that are just not going to be willing to do anything and there will never be a consensus around it. So if we're going to survive as a nation that's a united nation, we have to figure out some way to compromise around that subject. And then the responsibility of the church is to preach about the actual truth on this subject and love people and do what they can. And let the government deal with it the way the government's going to deal with it. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And when I when I made the point about the reason that we're here is because we did compromise on our values. Let me put it this way. I don't think that they, the proper understanding of why we were compromising was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that we believed that we were compromising was because, well, other people believe differently. You know what I mean? Like we got to respect other people and the way they believe and, the, and their values. Well... No, you don't, because their values can be wrong. There is such a yeah. thing as good and evil. Right. Um, yep. The reason that we have to compromise on this issue, and I, I think it's gone too far. I will say I think the compromise has gone too far in a lot of situations. Abortion is one that we just brought it back to where it's not as big of an issue. You know what I mean? The right. Supreme Court finally, you know, <laughs> it's funny because a woman helped do it, but the Supreme Court finally had some balls and, right. you know, made it made it right. But when you do compromise on these things, it's not because you have to you have to understand and let people have their own values and you know, well, it's free country. The reason is because there's no other way to govern without it. Right. Um right. there there is no other way to govern like what you're talking about. Um you know, other than governing your house. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the only way that you can you can effectually make the change is to govern your own house, govern your own community and go from the bottom up right. instead of the, the top down. Um, the Republic system does truly work. Agreed. As yes. as long as you stick to it, yeah. <laughs> as long as we hold the Constitution as true, as mm-hmm. we've discussed, which there are people that don't now, right. um, which is where the shit all fucking falls <laughs> apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is yeah. when we no longer revere these documents and this philosophy as true and this way of operating as the best, that's when it falls apart. But the reason is not... Because the reason is not because you have to compromise on your values. The reason is because there is no way for it to work without yeah, doing this. I agree. And that's that's kind of what I was getting at when you were talking about 
two people not being able to agree. And then I brought in the whole, the government situation anyway. So like, it's, you have to find a way to live, right? Right. You have to find a way to live with one another, even Mm -hmm. if you can't agree on something. And so from a Christian point of view, it doesn't matter regardless of whether or not you agree with them or not. You are commanded to love that person. Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you don't tell them that what they're doing is wrong. And right. that doesn't mean that you let them, you love them no matter what happens. That just means yeah. you're not allowed to just walk away from somebody just because you're not going to be able to agree with them. Right. So, and it's, but it's the same thing. Even if you're not Christian, if somebody's in your sphere all the time and you guys can't come to an agreement on something, you're still going to have to find a way to compromise around it. Or yeah. you're going to have to totally split and be apart from one another. Yeah. And, and I think on the abortion debate alone, I think the right thing to do is a federal ban on on any abortion. I think it's the right thing to do, um, and that's because I have those yeah. values. I, I don't. I I don't think it'll work. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I I agree with you. Yeah. I would like to see that happen. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. And I I want to see my representatives pushing for it. I, I don't I don't want to see, um, I don't want to see my representatives throw their hands up. I want there to always be an initiative. I understand if they say, well not going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, yeah. I get, I get that, but I want it to be a topic of discussion every time. I mean, I think that's fair. That's the whole point of having a representative. Well, and what's, what's going to happen is I'm going to do my damnedest to change it here. And then some dude in Illinois is going to do his damnedest to change it there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do their damnedest to change it there. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we will have enough representatives that, bl- ha- that have come back to truth. Um, hopefully, yeah. And once they've come back to truth, then we can, you know, start protecting the lives of the unborn. Right. I understand if it's not going to happen right now. You know what I mean? I understand that it's not practical right now and that it may never happen. Um, but what I guess my point is don't compromise on the sake of the value. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? No. Um, there are some things that are not compromisable, right? Like, yeah. I, that's not a word, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, I am never going to tell somebody that abortion is okay yeah like, it's never gonna happen i like i'm not gonna condemn them based on it it's not any different than a sin that i commit right of which there are a multitude yeah but i'm never gonna say that that's an okay value to hold yeah and i don't believe that the sins that i commit are okay values to hold i'm right. just not perfect well that's what we talk there is an understanding that you, that you can be morally corrupt occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, what yeah. I mean? That's when it goes yeah. back to the value system is I'm not saying that you can never be morally corrupt. People are, that is sin, you know, yeah. moral corruption is sin. Um, just, well, and I think, I think that's another really, that's, this is a totally different topic, but it's another failing of the church, right? Where yeah. so many in the church think that they have to look like they're perfect yeah. all the time. And all that that really does is make you look like a hypocrite when people find out you're not perfect. But the truth of the matter is, None of us are perfect. Like yeah. that's the whole point of Christ. You can't live a perfect life yeah. and it's not going to happen. And if people were willing to show that vulnerability more in the church, it would be a heck of a lot more empathetic with people that <laughs> yeah. are outside of the church than trying to have a false front all the time and then getting caught in some sexual scandal as a pastor. You know what I mean? Like right. there has to be a humility that says, yeah, I'm not perfect. I suck at life. I'm only here because of Jesus Christ. Right. And that that should be the church's message. And instead... Man, we stand on this high holy ground on a mm-hmm. bunch of different topics that we shouldn't be standing on some high holy ground about. Yeah, exactly. No, I could not agree with you more. And I think one of the main reasons that I'm here and talking about this is for my men that listen to this. And I've got women that listen to this too. This podcast is for men. I made no bones about that. For the people listening to this, the, the point is that a lot of what you think are your values and the things that you believe to be true – 
get corrupted in the margins. Um, they, they get corrupted in the margins. And what Kate is talking about with the church and the things like that, it's because as we stray you know, further into life and all the things that we deal with, people get less and less cognizant and less they have less and less desire to really understand what is the root of the issue. What is the, the reason that we're all doing this? Um, and in order to be a high value man, in order to fully exercise, and I, that's high value man from uh, uh, my buddy Nick Shelton. He just released a video. I, I didn't want him to listen to this and think that I just stole that. Um, but in, it's on my brain because I just watched the video. But in order for you to be a high value man and, and to, to really exercise your purpose and to be the best man that you can be, you must engage in these conversations about what are we all doing here? What does it all mean? You know, what is the true operating system of humans? Kate and I just talked about it. You know what I mean? But other, we've, we've given you multiple examples of how it can get lost. And I mean, shit can go sideways. Uh, It gets Western to say the best way I know how um, is because people lose sight of what is actually at the root of the issue. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. Okay. I do agree with that. Um, with that so I've got buddies that I know you're going to listen to this and w- I try to engage in deeper conversations with y'all and you don't want to do it. You <laughs> know what I mean? And maybe that's what's really just, that's been, you know, what do they call it? Hair up my ass. The the past couple of weeks is when I try to engage in these deeper conversations and people don't want to do it. And I, I, I just think it's the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... I mean, the, the easy excuse is everybody's busy. I don't have time to do all that. Yeah. But yep. man, if you're not be if you're not being challenged on what mm-hmm. you hold dear, like how do you know you hold it that dear? You mm-hmm. know, you have to be willing to discuss it with people. Yeah. And to go even further than that, if you're a Christian, you have to be willing to discuss it with people because you were told to discuss it with people. Right. Right. And that's not. I'm not saying I'm good at that. Like I don't want people to listen to this and Dude. think that I'm high and righteous. Like I suck at it. Yeah. No caveats. We've already discussed yeah. that. We're here to talk about shit that we're bad at. Yeah. To help other people. But so. that. But that's. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. Like we were yeah. commanded in the Great Commission to go out and make disciples. Right. So yeah. we have to be willing to discuss these things because it's really important. Yeah. No. I. I we agree. Um, the horse may be a little bit dead. Uh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say something. <laughs> Um, and I completely lost my, uh, my train of thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say is that it is okay to argue the margins. Um, it is okay to argue the margins, the, the LGBTQs and AIPs and, um, AARP and guns and bullshit. It is okay to argue and engage on some of those things. It is okay to discuss those things. Yeah. Just keep in mind what is the true, the root of it, the, the root, you know what I mean? Right. Keep in mind what is the root of it and don't lose that because people, again, waste so much time arguing the margin. That, that's a, that was going to be my last caveat is that you're wasting your time if, if, if all you do is argue in the margins. Well, and we've talked about this too. Like this is why I won't get into discussions on Twitter about things like this. Yeah. Like I might drive by and hit a tweet once or twice, but I'm not going to sit there with you for 15 tweets in a row and talk about it because yeah. number one, is nothing there a problem with that, Cade? <laughs> Is there an issue with that? Nothing comes across online the way that you mean it to. It oh, doesn't matter. Text never reads the same as speech. Yeah. And there's just like, like there is, if if you are two screen names that you can't see each other's face, there is yep. no desire to have any understanding with one another. Right. So it's, it's just not something, I feel like that part of it is a waste of time. Yeah. But you have to be willing to discuss these things mm-hmm. with people. And uh, besides the personal attack that you just made that I'm not going to try to take personally. Um, yeah. No, I, I have a I have a habit of getting into some of those conversations 
Um, and a lot of them I just find interesting and I like to back and forth occasionally, but you are right that online, and I struggle with the fact that not everything I say is taken online. online. Right. Yeah. It comes yeah. across online. Um, <laughs> a lot of my friends probably know that, you know what I mean? And, and I don't give much leeway either. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that, and here's another thing. If you're arguing online and you don't understand the context or you think it came off sideways, fucking ask. Like, that's true too. Oh but nobody God. does because they're already in yeah. that aggression mindset. And so they're not willing to ask. They're going to take that as you yeah. just attacked my mother. I'm going to go after you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like it's not, there's no room for mercy or misunderstanding. Yeah. And so specifically from me, if you ever take something in the wrong way from me, know <laughs> that either a, I meant it like that because it's funny and you don't have a sense of humor or B, um, you probably misread it or see, right. I'm just an ass there, right. there, yeah. clarify because I may just be an ass, but at least clear, give me the benefit of the doubt and clarify first yeah. and do that with everybody that you meet. But anyway, on the online thing, I, I will push back on the fact that I do think that there we've established that good can come from Twitter and yes. that good can come from conversations. I think that's the same level of good can come no matter what topic you're talking about. And let me put it this way, something that I've learned that's changed my view on it and the way that I argue online or, discuss online number one don't ever get into an argument have discussions um and if the other person is arguing that doesn't mean you have to argue you can still be having a discussion uh even if the person is arguing that's very true um and what i'm gonna say is discuss in a way to where you're not trying to not trying to change anybody's mind you're trying to get to the root of the issue but if it adds value it doesn't have to add value to the person that you're talking to no that's true you're right and we, we uh, discussed that the yeah. other night yeah. uh we yeah we we did and yeah. that's that changed the way that i behave online number the number one thing that changed the way i behave online is i, I ran out of fucking time yeah um yeah. i don't <laughs> fill your day with time and online arguments won't you know right um interest you anymore or here's a good tip that i don't know if you saw on my twitter uh put a screen time limit yeah on i did see that instagram twitter and facebook and see yeah. how quick you hit it because when it happens at 10 35 in the morning <laughs> holy shit it, yeah. Uh, yeah it makes you it makes me feel really i hit it at 10 35 in the morning today yeah. um it's it's hard yeah it's and, hard. and so uh anyway uh Anyway, what I was saying is that have this discussion. It doesn't have to be of benefit to the person that you're specifically talking to. And I would say, I would say this too. So be very careful in the way that you you speak or you tweet, right? So yeah. don't don't be an attacker. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, it does. be an attacker. Aggressor, yeah. Yeah, don't be an aggressor. Don't don't get people's hair up. Don't fly off the handle, right? Like there are ways to have discussions on on Twitter without. Yeah. yelling at each other yeah you know and that's that's the thing that so that's probably partly why i don't do it as much is because i don't like there it's very easy for me to fly off the handle and then i am compromising a lot of the values yeah. that I have, right like i don't want to come <laughs> yeah. across as an unloving person because yeah. i was told not to be an unloving person right yeah so yeah but no that's the biggest thing is just yeah. make sure you're discussing correctly yeah no it takes like all the 30 seconds for me to be like well you know good big belly you know exactly and and once your mama (laughs) man once you get to that point nothing's good coming out of it it's like it's like the girl you were talking about having had that discussion with and every oh yeah she made herself look bad right yeah oh yeah like yeah like once once you make yourself look like that nobody's listening to anything else you have to say they may just be laughing at you but they're not going to be reading anything you have to say seriously yeah no i completely agree with you um it is still worth discussing. Yeah. Um, even if online, if the only time you get these discussions is online, number one, go touch grass. Uh, that would be my, <laughs> right. the yeah. first thing I say to you is go touch grass. Yeah. Um, and I know that's hard for people and I'm not even like, 
it's a joke because there's a little bit of truth in it, but oh, there is, there is like go yeah. touch grass, dude. Exactly. Like get out there, go talk to people. Um, you know, if the only thing, if the only way you can interact with these things is online, go touch grass, go meet the people that you're talking online. Yeah. Um, carry a gun. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> don't get um, kidnapped. Have yeah. your wife turn on the GPS. Yeah. Tracker. Have your wife yeah. turn on the GPS tracker. When you go and meet, you know, Kate yeah. Carter at the Braceros, uh, <laughs> carry your full size pistol. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, go go meet these people that you're talking about. Get engaged personally. Use yeah. use the internet as a tool, um, and then get engaged personally and have these conversations. Yeah, and, and and engage with people that you don't agree with. Yes, right. Like, don't just don't make Twitter your own personal little protected playground. Yeah, where you never see another another the viewpoint. Echo chamber. Yeah, don't don't make Twitter your echo chamber. Yeah, like so I roll make, my eyes at that term, but yeah, yeah, but don't make anything in your life the echo chamber. Yeah, like engage with people that you don't agree with on things. Yeah, and, and that's where I maybe have been getting a little bit nihilistic. Um, to where I just I just don't. <laughs> because, I mean, it's easy to well, get nihilistic. Maybe not nihilistic is the word. Maybe it is the word. But once I came to this conclusion that our values are not the same. Um, that's when, especially I don't engage online very much anymore. I still do occasionally. If I think that there might be some sort of value in the discussion, like Don Jr. Yeah. I will engage with Don Jr. Don Jr. And I have very different values. Oh yeah. Um, I will still engage with Don Jr. Because the, the, uh, conversation is uh, civil. It's usually civil. He's not somebody that's going to go off and like, yeah. Into left field with you. Yeah. He's legitimately, I don't know how interested he is in our viewpoint, but he's legitimately wanting to discuss. He's not. Yeah. Not just name calling, right? Yeah. Um, so, well, and what was what else was I going to say? Oh, like for me, if, if you have pronouns in your bio and you mean it, <laughs> you have 24 hours to fix it. Or I'm just not like mute, block, I, right. I don't engage. Because once you've gotten to that point, I know that at least online we're not going to. We're not going to find an agreement. Right. And like, if I, if there's a chance to meet you in person and like, I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying I should do this, but it's where when I, when I click on your profile to go follow you. And if you've got pronouns in your body, and again, if you mean it, then I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. never mind. Never, never fucking mind. No. And like, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's necessarily a wrong thing. Um, it's just, you, if you saw those people in person, I would say, don't shut them out in person. Like if it if it keeps you from wasting your time online, then that's not a bad thing at all. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, and I will engage with those people online. And typically, like sometimes it happens with not my buddies, but people I knew in college. Typically, I'll send them the. Uh, it, it happened once where it was a guy that he did it on LinkedIn, and I sent him. And I said, "You have twenty four hours, sir." I said, "If you don't want to get blocked on LinkedIn, you have twenty four hours to fix <laughs> this shit." You know, as a joke, and we yeah. engaged. And I don't know if he ever fixed it because um, I blocked him, but <laughs> right because <laughs> I meant what I said, um, and it's a joke. I mean, I block him eventually, but um, it was it was more of a joke than anything. But yeah, engage with these people. I'm not saying don't engage with these <clears throat> with these people. I'm just saying engage with the understanding that you need to get to the values, yeah. like or engage understanding that this might be something you're not going to agree on, but. You're still called to love that person. I, yeah. I, I am. From my from my perspective, that's why I still engage. Yeah. So on the uh, let's see, on the topic of this of conversations and debate, um, I pulled up the book Meditations, and it's actually on page seven, book one, depths, debts and depths, uh, debts and lessons. He's talking about things that he's learned from people or things that he owes people. Uh, this is going to be number 10. It says the literary critic Alexander. He's talking about his buddy Alexander, I guess. 
It says not to be constantly correcting people and in particular not to jump on them whenever they make an error or usage or error of usage or a gram, a grammatical mistake, sorry, or mispronounce something, but just answer their question or add another example or debate the issue itself, not their phrasing, or make some other contribution to the discussion and insert the right expression unobtrusively. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I wrote my note on there is add value to discussions, not subtract. No, nah, that's good. Um so, and I wrote more notes on number 10. Yeah, add value to the conversation. Don't subtract. Add value to the person as well. Value is found in questions, not answers. Mm, that's good. Um, that's what I wrote uh, for the commentary on that. I think that gets down to the, the meat of what we're talking about is, look, number one, he says, don't debate grammatical errors and right. um, things like that. I think what I took that as is don't don't debate the pronouns. Um, right. No, that's not right. <clears throat> don't debate the pronouns. Don't debate the uh, – <clears throat> sorry, guys. <clears throat> sorry. Um, don't debate the pronouns. Don't debate the uh, drag queen story hour. Um, <laughs> don't take your kids. Right. But right. Uh, don't debate that bullshit. Don't debate the, the errors of usage or grammatical things. Get to the heart of the matter. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. And then, again, add value. And, and I – not to pump my own tires, but I do like the fact that I added the other day value is found in questions and not answers. No, um, I think that's good. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Doubt. So anyway, I, Kate, I, I think we've hit a lot. Yeah. Um, dude. So let's talk about, you have a kid. Yes. Yes, I do. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm in this, in this situation that you and I've talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. but that I just, I'd love to see people having children, especially good men. Um, it makes me hopeful. I used to, I used to be the type to say that I didn't really want, Kids, and of course, at the age of twenty, you know, yeah, yeah. who knows at twenty whether yeah. or not you want kids. Um, yeah. And I think I did. I mean, I did have not any valid reasons, but I had reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very responsible teenager, and so when I got to twenty and had my own money, um, I was like, Gosh, that shit away from me. You know what I mean? But right. when I had enough money that it wasn't an issue anymore, that was wish that was the case again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know what I mean, like. When I thought I had enough money that it wasn't an issue anymore, um, that's when I was like, okay, I, I could see this. But I just love the fact that you have a kid and that you're growing your brand, to use an, an awful, <laughs> an, an awful term. Um, I'm an influencer, guys. So, but I, I just love that you're you're passing on your values, and I think that's what we need more of. Yeah, man. I I think fatherhood is like the biggest earthly responsibility you have, right? So, awesome. Like I think. I think that should be your number one goal is being a good father and, like you said, passing on the values that you hold responsible for. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because I would want to... Hmm. Is it? Let's see. Because that's directly opposed to my believing that I think purpose is <laughs> what you should... But see, okay, so here's what you the thing. should hold like, true. So here's the thing. Like my purpose is applicable to that, right? Yeah. Like if I want to glorify God, I have to glorify God through the way that I parent my son too. Okay. Fair. We agree. So it it does, it does overrule all of that. Like, but, but I was saying as far as personal relationships go, I think fatherhood and being a father is like, that should be the number one. Uh, Not that you should love it more than your wife, but it should be your, it's the biggest responsibility you have. Like my wife is fairly yeah. formed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's formed. She's been formed by her parents 
And oh, okay. Sorry. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, I thought, I'm not well, fathering I thought my you, wife. No, uh, no I, I thought you were talking like physically, and I was like, no, 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 I was no. like, good. I'm not. I'm not looking at it. Yeah, that good for you. Like, yeah, yeah, my no, wife no. is fairly formed. But she, I'm like, like, okay. As a, as a <laughs> person, go, ahead, go As ahead. a person, she's formed, right? Yeah. So, but my son is not at all. Right. Everything he, everything that he's going to be, and everything that he understands right now, for sure, is yeah. like it's amazing. Yeah. The things that he repeats that I say right now, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like, so you have to like be real careful because everything that kid's going to be is going to be what he sees out of my wife and I. Right. So it, it's, it's ultra important. Yeah. The way that you are with them. Can I, can I argue that marriage should be before father? Yeah. In, I, in personal relationships. I think that marriage should come first. I mean, I think I, I think so. I was just kind of meaning like, yeah, I didn't think you would disagree with that. I just it. wanted to clarify yeah. that because there are people like Elon Musk and Andrew Tate that believe that. No, you <laughs> can't put me in that. I, I wasn't putting you in that. That's why <laughs> no, I wanted to clarify. No, I get what you mean. I get um, what you mean, and it's super important to keep a perspective on that too. Because if you and your wife become all about the child, when the child graduates and eventually leaves, you're not going to know each other anymore, and yeah. you're not going to remember what you were. So you like you have to protect that marriage relationship even yeah. while you're parenting. Um, I caution on telling people what they need and what they should do and what's right for them, but you need to go listen to John Larson's episode. Okay. Well, yeah, um, yeah I, I think you would really, man. I, and that, that's that thing where, where parents become so much about the kid that they forget about themselves and then the kids move off like that happens yeah. all the time. All oh yeah. Time. Um, but man, I, I really appreciate, uh, what you've had to say and I appreciate you coming on and giving me yeah, your time, dude. Happy to do it. Um, I'm so glad that we were able to, yeah. to come together and, and thanks to EFT. be friends. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to, thanks to EFT, which is cringy as it is to say, I know, I know. dude, I'm I had so to, I'm on a roll, man. I had to admit that I was like super into knives the other night. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? And like, and so <laughs> not, not with you, but like on the podcast. Oh, did you really? Yeah. On the oh, podcast. So now I, everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. And I was like. I actually like go into knife Facebook groups and, uh, you know, which it's not that bad, but it's just like, it hurts to say, cause you know, there's somebody out there rolling their eyes and they, oh, they've got a $12 pocket knife in there that they think is just the shit. It's perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're God. like, it's not good enough. Yeah. It's not, no. but no. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just awesome that we've been able to come together and yeah. I'm so, I'm super excited for the EFT guys to, to listen to this and see what they think about it. Yeah. We'll see what they um, say. I'm sure we'll have some spirited discussion on some of it. Yeah. I'm not participating in any of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. No. And I, maybe they, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I will. I'll participate. So, yeah, that's right. Um, when I've got time, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate it. If you learned anything, I, hope that you did yeah um, i hope to have you back on man i think there's a lot more that we can discuss yeah and for sure i know you're a super busy dude but i hope to keep developing our relationship and have you back on i would like to get you involved in the book club i know i know you i know time <laughs> I is short know. yeah um, i don't know if i'll be able to pull it off i know time is short at least river runs through it it's like 100 pages yeah i've never read that book actually and um, i've never even seen the movie okay well you just yeah. I guess yeah, you're going to hike, reading, you're gonna yeah. hike and read uh, yeah this is what we're yeah, gonna great. do um, we no, have a, see the thing is i'm reading a lot yeah. But I have a book list of like 170 books that I want to get to, and I just haven't got to any of them. river in there. Yeah, I know. I to. I, and I know this is going to be a uh, sacrilege when I say this, but on one of your road trips, let your wife drive. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just experience new things. You're going to read, you're going to hike, and you're going to let your wife drive more than 30 minutes. No. <laughs> no. I'm out. Okay. Well, I, I can't push too far. Sorry. That was, that was over the line. I apologize. Um, that was way over the She's line. She's going to be heavy about that part. Yeah. Well, you know, mine is probably going to laugh. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'd, li I'd like to get you at least 
used to look at River. Um, yeah. So, or even just one of the stories. It's actually River's only like eighty pages or something like that, and then there's other stories, um, short stories that go with it. Well, whenever one you of, do that one, let me know. Yeah, I think one of them like probably need to read it. Login Pimpin and my friend Jim or something like that. So maybe you want to read that one because <laughs> I'm probably out on that one. <laughs> huh? Login Pimpin and my friend Jim. It's got to be good. Um, Login and Pimpin things go together. Um, but anyway, so thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Purpose Podcast. I think it was an absolutely awesome one, Kate. I think we got down to the root of the issue. Um, yeah, uh, pun intended. But I think we got down to a lot of good, a lot of good topics. Uh, hopefully, you get learned something from that. Tune in next week. Tune into the Purpose Book Club. I'm about to release the full book list on the Purpose Book Club. We're going to start with meditations. Gave you a little bit of a, a blurb of <clears throat> what you're going to get from meditations uh, in this podcast. We're going to then going to go into Blood Meridian, all the pretty horses. Those two are gory as hell. I'm in them right now in Blood Meridian. So much good stuff coming out of that. So uh, stay stay tuned in. Um, give me your thoughts. Give me what you expect from me. Tell me if you want to see more or less of something. And thanks, guys. Appreciate it.